Hi, it's Laura here from TESOL Pop. Have you thought about podcasting to grow your community? Or perhaps you already have a show that you would like to grow? Wherever you are on your creative journey, I'm here to help. With training programs like the Podcast Pathfinder, production packs to support in editing your content, and media guides to help you plan your next project, there's something for you, no matter if you're a beginner or an established creator. Find the perfect fit for you by going to my website, communicatingforimpact.com to learn more about my programs and services. And if you're looking for input to find the best fit for your goals, then book a free virtual coffee with me so we can chat more. Now here's the show. Topic today's PPP and we chose this because it's something that quite often comes up with trainee teachers and that they often have quite a lot of questions about. So today we've got three questions to address. The first one is what is PPP? And number two, what tasks can we use in a PPP lesson? What are the advantages and disadvantages of using this model in the classroom? So let's start with the first question. What is PPP? So probably most of you are thinking, what do the letters stand for? Mm -hmm. Um, The letters stand for present, practice and produce. And they roughly correspond to three different stages of the lesson. So this is a lesson planning structure which originally was developed from... Um, behaviorism which was a psychological school of thought in the 1960s and is based on the premise that practice makes perfect so if we do something enough we'll eventually get good at it and that's really the premise of um, language learning within this structure. Now there's lots of ways to stage a lesson but this is usually the first one that teachers encounter when they're learning about TESOL or starting their career. Um, So I don't think that this is the only one, there are many others and there are obviously criticisms of PPP but let's first look at um, the second question we have here. So what tasks can we use in a PPP lesson? So for the presentation stage, what would you expect to see at this stage? Uh, well, at that stage in the lesson, it's it tends to be still a little bit teacher centered. So the teacher, the focus is on the teacher presenting new language to the students, mm-hmm. um, and that presentation could be could involve some grammar. It could involve some vocabulary or some functional language. And basically, the teacher is going to check that learners understand the concept. So that could be done through asking some concept checking questions. So if I want to teach the word coffee, for example, I might show the learners a picture of a cup of coffee, bring a real cup of coffee in, and then I might ask them some concept checking questions to to back that up. So is it hot or cold, for example? Those concept checking questions are really important to um, avoid learners confusing it with either a similar word that they have in their own language that has a different meaning maybe mm. or confusing it with other vocabulary that they know in English so for example confusing it with hot chocolate or, or tea for example. At this stage you can also do the same for grammar right with having a grammar marker sentence an example sentence that you elicit from learners asking them concept checking questions before you drill them on their pronunciation and then explore the form like the components of that grammar point like how it's constructed before you move on to the practice stage. The presentation stage is particularly challenging because if you don't plan it out carefully and you don't think about your concept checking and really get into the meaning, use and form of the language, I find that a PPP lesson tends to undo itself as it progresses Mm -hmm. because learners will encounter problems Mm -hmm. in the practice stages and definitely in the produced stages and they may make a mistake or there may be a misunderstanding in the presentation stage that if it isn't addressed, it will cause problems later on. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right there. I think that sometimes learners can be left with a lot of questions yeah. if the teacher doesn't plan that stage really carefully. So after the concept's been checked and after they've practiced the oral drill and they know how to write the language, normally we move on to the practice stage. So in terms of a good practice stage, what do you think that should contain? So the first practice stage would, I usually I use two firstly, I use a very mm. controlled practice and then something that's slightly freer just to lead students into using the, the language and not just throwing them in the deep end. So a very controlled practice that focuses on accuracy in using the target language could be a gap fill activity or it could be um, a matching activity if it's vocabulary that goes quite well, doesn't it? Match the word, the written form to the picture. If it's grammar, I think maybe something like sentence ordering. So yeah. you've got the different uh, elements of the sentence, they have to put them in the right order. Mm-hmm. Even games, I think most people think that games aren't really a, a practice activity, but quite often they can be. So something like a dice game where they're rolling dice and they're having to perhaps conjugate verbs depending on wh- what number they get on the dice mm-hmm. would be a nice practice game. And then moving on to like the slightly freer practice, which is the task still within the practice stage, the second P of the PPP model. What sort of tasks would you use to just wean students into using the language a bit more freely, but still working on their accuracy? Well, I guess anything where they can uh, use their own ideas a little bit. So say, for example, we're doing a lesson on food and we're teaching the like or don't like structure. Mm-hmm. Um, I might ask them to write some sentences. So, for example, three sentences about foods that you like. Um, three sentences about food that you don't like. Yeah, and that's quite that's quite open, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In the sense that they can construct their own sentences and select the vocabulary that they want to use based on their likes and dislikes. Exactly, it's nice and personal as yeah. well. I think with those free practice tasks, you can can quite often personalise them. And to revisit the idea of the, the game idea that you mentioned earlier, I think a game can also be used here. So I, mm. with my freer practice, I usually have like a game board uh, where learners, um, depending on what square they land on, on the game board, they have to make a sentence with that target mm-hmm. vocabulary. And that, that's quite an engaging um, way of getting learners using the, the, the language, particularly with my younger learners. So moving on to the final uh, produce stage... This is where learners are going to be using the language very freely and they're going to be focusing on their fluency and less so on their accuracy. What sort of tasks fit into the produce stage? The types of tasks that we're going to be looking at here are tasks where learners can take what they've learned and apply it to a a context. Ideally, it should be as realistic as possible, so something that relates to their lives in some way. For example, if they're learning English because they want to be able to travel, something like a a role play with a travel agent would be a good um, produced task for that type of learner. When we do a writing lesson, we might have a a written production task, so it could be something like an essay, Mm -hmm. or even perhaps something like a birthday card be a nice uh, production task for low level so the third part of the podcast our third question was um what are the challenges to using the pp model the challenges and the advantages Mm -hmm. so what would you say are the main challenges for new teachers who are using the ppp model well, as mentioned earlier, that presentation stage is crucial for the, the rest of the success of the lesson. If you don't plan how you're going to elicit the concept, check the concept, the, the drilling of the pronunciation and also exploring either the form of how the grammar is constructed or the written form of how the vocabulary is spelt, um, then it, it's going to cause problems later on in the practice and the production stages of the PPP model. 
I think in addition to that, you need to also really consider the learner's first language and how this may um, affect them in negotiating the meaning of the language as it's being presented. So, for example, in, in Spanish, there's quite a lot of words that have a very similar pronunciation to English, right, mm, but completely course, different yeah. meaning. So I think having a bit of awareness of that, doing a little bit of background mm-hmm. reading or just talking to fellow teachers in your in your um, office about the learners and, and common problems they encounter with English can help you prepare some concept checking questions and following activities that will help them address those difficulties that they commonly encounter. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I'd also like to add as well that I think that sometimes trainees uh, struggle with that produce stage at yeah. the end of the lesson. Um, I see a lot of trainees that uh, start planning their lesson and they know their target language, but then they just don't know where it's going at the end of the lesson. They don't know what um, the production task is going to be. And sometimes that production task just isn't really a good fit for that target language. Mm-hmm. So perhaps maybe if uh, learners are learning like and don't like with different food items, um the, the trainees think, well, I'm going to do a role play where they talk about their likes and dislikes. Uh, but in that case, is it really necessary for them to do a role play about their likes and dislikes? Couldn't they just tell each other what they like and what they don't like? There's a nice, authentic bit of conversation just right there. Exactly. That's a real, genuine mm-hmm. reason to communicate, to actually ask your classmates and interview them. You don't have to pretend to be someone else and use that dramatic activity of doing a role play in this case because they don't need to get into a role. They can actually just be themselves and ask their classmates as themselves on their preferences. Yeah, I think you really need to know where it's going from the very beginning. Mm. So the production task should really be one of the first things you decide when you're planning a lesson, if not the first. Yeah, you try and imagine what are your learners going to be uttering by Mm. the end of the lesson? In what context are they going to be using that language and how can you plan backwards, Mm -hmm. essentially? At least that's how I plan. I find that more effective. Me too. So I think PPP gets actually a lot of criticism, but there are Mm -hmm. benefits. I mean, we just discussed some of the challenges, but what are the benefits of a PPP lesson? I think it's really, it's a really um, straightforward type of lesson plan for new teachers. So Jeremy Harmer was saying that new teachers uh, need a model to latch onto in the beginning of their training. And once they're used to that model, then they can start to experiment with other things Um, So it does provide trainees with a linear way of knowing how activities can fit into a lesson plan when they're not very experienced. Sure, and I would say the same also applies to learners. If you've got a new learner Mm. um, or someone who's been out of the classroom for a while, I think it's also very reassuring for them to see, okay, this is the language, this is the meaning, this is how I use it in a very controlled way, and then building them up to get them to use the language freely in a, a fluent way for that produced stage, I think it's quite... Um, for me as a learner I prefer that the mm. new language as well or particularly complicated language with my teacher she uses the PPP model and that just resolves a lot of questions and mistakes mm. that I would normally make if she used a different approach with something that's challenging or brand new for mm-hmm. me yeah I think low level is a key idea there as well that with low level learners it helps to give them confidence yeah. but then uh, perhaps one of the disadvantages is that it may not work uh, so well for learners that already have a base in the language because it assumes that, uh, you know, we're starting from zero almost, uh, that the learner is like a a blank vessel that needs to be filled. Um, So unlike some other models like Test Teach Test, 
Um, there's no real checking of what they already know. So I guess for me, that'd be one of the main drawbacks. Yeah, and I think if you're a learner sitting in a class um, where you, you're already familiar with the target vocabulary mm. or the grammar, I think you'd disengage pretty quickly, wouldn't you, during that presentation stage? Because you'd be like, well, I actually know this. Mm-hmm. Um, like this lesson is a waste of time. And I think with young learners, that's, that's when they can become very bored and then disengaged and then classroom management issues arise because they, they, don't, they don't need that presentation stage. They need to just exercise using the language and building their skills beyond that. I agree completely. Great. So today we talked about PPP. So just to summarise, uh, PPP stands for? Present, practice, produce. And it's a lesson staging model, not a teaching approach, but a way you organise your lesson. Um, During the presentation stage, we present new language. And the practice stage, we usually do two things. Um, Well, the practice stage can be uh, controlled or free. Um, And learners are taking that language and trying it out. um, And the focus is on how accurate they are. Mm -hmm. And then the final stage, the produce stage, is where they're using the language very freely, hopefully in an authentic sort of context. And that's where they're building their fluency. The advantages, it's a step-by-step model for people and uh, learners to follow. Disadvantages, if your learners already know the target language, then it's not very flexible in catering to their needs and adjusting the lesson appropriately. So if you've got a question that you want us to answer, you can contact us at www.tesolpop.com. Alternatively, you can contact us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. And that's all from us this week. See you next week.